What's up, what's up, hustlers? You know what it is. It's your boy, JT. And I want to tell you guys about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's how it works. Unless you record and edit podcast right from your phone. That's literally what I'm doing right now. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms with a single tap. It's also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. That's major. Anchor allows creators to earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Best of all, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's go! I want to welcome all of you all to the Income Autopilot Podcast. This is the show that teaches you to stop working and enjoy life while money works for you. So the purpose of this podcast is for the convenience of any man or woman out there that may be busy doing whatever your primary income source is. That could be uh, driving trucks or working whatever your nine to five job is, but you're still not happy with the amount of money that you're making. So uh, I wanna just talk to you guys about how I went from that situation to the situation that I'm in now where I have assets that are working for me. Specifically tonight in this episode, I wanna talk about digital assets. I wanna talk about what I have found to be what most people find difficult about them and then also give you guys some things that I've done to make it easier for myself. Also give you guys some resources that you can apply as well. Like I tell people all the time, when you tune into this, uh, come into this selfish, what I mean by that is ask specific questions that can benefit you uh, the most, right? If you're not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the Income Autopilot Podcast on all platforms or whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on, right? Um, now, when we talk about digital assets, let's start off with the rebuttal that most people have. The rebuttal is this. They'll say that, man, uh, let's look at videos, right? We all hear people that are YouTubers. I myself am a YouTuber, and we hear about YouTubers making all of this money, right? YouTube is not the only digital asset, and we'll talk about 10 of them total uh, in tonight's episode, but I just want to start with something that's very simple, just so you guys can understand how I think about them, so hopefully it'll make it easier for you or motivate you to want to get them right all right so i look at all digital assets to include my youtube content as employees so i always tell people imagine if you can have an unlimited workforce working for you 24 7 and they don't cost you anything they don't cost you a dime all right, they're not gonna get mad at you and go to social media and talk junk about you. They're not gonna call out sick on days that you need them. Literally, these are workers that are going to work for you around the clock. Now, some workers are more productive than other workers, as I'm sure you guys know. So some of your digital assets may be more profitable than others, but the dope thing, in my opinion, about creating digital assets is that instead of looking at it like, man, I don't know how to make a video, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know how to edit, what I'm going to do for lights, audio, uh, all of these things. And a lot of people, they talk themselves out of it. They'll make it a very overwhelming situation because they'll say, I got to do all of this work and there's no guarantee that I'll make any money. So they'll never start, right? And I can guarantee you this. While you may be looking at it as there's no guarantee that if I build it, people will buy it and I'll make money. I can 100% guarantee you that if you never build it, you'll never make any money off of it, all right? I believe that you should create assets not based off of what you personally uh, would like to see in the marketplace, but create assets based off of what's needed in the marketplace, all right? So maybe personally, I might romanticize about the idea that 
I think everybody should make money podcasting, right? Let's just use that because that's a pretty simple example, right? Um, now, just because I want everybody to start podcasting doesn't mean that there's a market for it, doesn't mean that it's going to be profitable if I get into it, right? So instead of just me arbitrarily saying, this is my product or service, everybody should do it because I said so, why don't I look at it and say, okay, why should people podcast, right? And when I'm looking for a reason, I'm really looking for podcasting to be a means to an end. So let's say, for example, somebody out there doesn't have passive income, but they want passive income. They can want passive income to buy back their time, so now they have more family time. They can want passive income because it could help them get out of debt. It could put them in a better financial space. They can bless other people, whatever the reason is, right? Uh, this is how I think about digital assets. I don't come to it saying, you should want to do what I want you to do because I said you should do it. I think past that and say, okay, what do you want and how can my digital asset give you what you want? All right. So in keeping with the example that we just named, maybe I'll create a training program teaching people how to podcast so that way they can make passive income so they can quit that nine to five job that they hate. Or maybe I'll create a training program on podcasting for people that are in a ton of student loan debt or for people that want to pay their house off in half the time. If you got a 30-year mortgage, here's how you could pay it in 15. If you have a 15-year mortgage, here's how you could pay it in seven and a half. If you want to buy your house cash, you could do that, right? And I'm somebody that personally has bought all of their real estate cash, not bragging or boasting. Honestly, I just got to get my credit in better shape, right? But knowing the power of that. So going back to the point to make sure that we're all on the same page, and I'm also doing this on Instagram Live for the podcast listeners there, so you're going to hear me engage in questions that, that they'll be typing in this episode as well. And you can follow me at JT Hustles on Instagram if you ever want to engage in any of these discussions. But when I'm creating a digital asset, I don't look at it as, man, this is going to be a lot of work. Man, this is going to be difficult. Even if I build it, there's no guarantee that I'll make money. I look at it as, well, I am creating an employee that while it may be super profitable, it may be not that profitable, or it may be somewhere in the middle, this is an employee that I can create one time and they're going to work for me forever in perpetuity on all platforms, right? So, that being said, now it's easier for me to find the time, to find the motivation, to find whatever it is that's holding me back so now I can start executing. All right, y'all let me know if that makes sense for those of you that are uh, in the live stream with me tonight during this episode, right? Uh, beyond that, just to make sure we're on the same page with uh, past the motivation, I don't create something just because I want it created. That's another thing, too, that a lot of business owners will do. They'll say, I have this idea, and to me, it's a great idea. And because to me, it's a great idea, I'm going to create it, right? And the issue that you run into when you do that is that you created an asset that made sense to you, but there's no market for it. So it's easier right? Once you're motivated, it's easier to stay motivated and create that asset when you already know who's going to buy it. And it's not an issue of you're trying to convince somebody, all right? So it's easy for me to grow on social media and monetize my social media because I don't make social media content predicated on 
do you like me? Right now, of course, like everybody else, to a certain extent, I do need people to like me. I would like people to like me, but I don't post content saying uh, that, hey, look, you're going to like how I dress, how I talk, how I do whatever. Right. The purpose of my content is I'm going to give you financial literacy and I'm going to encourage you to then take that financial literacy, apply it to your life and make more money. All right. So it don't matter if uh, if if I'm big, little, black, white, purple, green, pink. Right. As long as I can give you the information that you can apply and get the result that you want for your own reasons, that's good enough. Right. And I've been able to build a small media company and now we're even scaling up beyond that to a larger media company strictly based off of that. Right. A lot of entrepreneurs, they get themselves in situations where they say, uh, man, you know, things are going good now, but they have the fear in the back of their mind of but for how long. Right. OK, I'm making good money doing this side hustle, doing this business, doing whatever it is right now. But I'm still afraid to go all in on it because I don't know for how long this thing is going to last. Right. And if you hear any background noise, that's my uncle move around. Uh, uh, back there, right? So I got a new microphone that's picking up everything. So I tell you guys all the time, you don't got to be perfect to be profitable. So this is going to be uh, an example of that uh, here in this episode, right? Um, but moving on. So we started off with YouTube videos, uh, but let's quantify digital assets. And I'm also going to dive into your questions as well in and out of this list. Like I told you, I got several things I want to cover in this list. We just starting off with YouTube videos because everybody knows what a YouTube video is, right? So a digital asset to me is anything that you can create, right, via the internet. So I'm going to go super broad with it, and that is intentional, right? So anything that you can create via the internet, all right, that you can then monetize and make money off of it, as long as it is uh, ethical, moral, legitimate, things of that nature, right? Um, what's up, what's up? Glam you very much. Shout out to everybody that's here. I just want to make sure that we all on the same page uh, for tonight's episode. So that's why I'm, I'm like I said, I'm going in and out of the comment section. You guys let me know if, uh, if you follow me. You guys let me know if you have any questions. And like I said, uh, not every episode of this podcast is going to be broadcast on Instagram Live. But I do want to let you guys know that we back consistently podcasting. We're on the road to 100 podcasts in 100 days. So if you want to listen to all of the episodes, I'm going to be on all streaming platforms under the Income Autopilot podcast, right? So YouTube videos are number one. Uh, the second thing that I have on this list is Facebook videos, right? Hello, hello. Um, the reason why I want people to, to understand that these are two different things is think about it this way. So as of this conversation, I have 13 employees uh, in the form of, of Instagram, um, well, not Instagram, excuse me, right? I'm on Instagram Live saying this. Y'all know I got a South Carolina education. I'm going to misspeak, but we still going to get the point across. So I have 1,300 YouTube videos uh, that are employees that work for me 24-7, all right? And now I can take that same asset, all right? I can take that same asset and I can transfer that asset over to Facebook, right? Now, I'm going to share some numbers with you all. You can see it if you're on Instagram. I'm going to read it to you for the podcast listeners. So uh, it's December now, so the year is over. Um, in 2022, these numbers are based off of not selling anything to anybody, right? What I mean by that is this is not people buying courses. This is not 
people buying ebooks. This is not people paying for consultations. This is not people buying anything else except watching free YouTube videos, right? 6.4 million views, 490,000 minutes of watch time, gained over 65,000 subscribers. That equates to a little over 150 grand for the year. Now, that's true whether people watched the video and hated it. That's true if people watched the video and loved it. That's true if people watched the video, loved it, and then bought something. That's true if people watched the video and gave it a thumbs down, if wrote a nasty comment, right? I, I think you guys are getting my point, right? So this digital asset can make me six figures alone whether I sell anything to anybody or not. Now, what if I had the mentality that uh, I don't know what to talk about? I don't know what microphone to use, what camera, what lights to use, all of these things, all of these excuses that we have uh, that hold us back, right? So that being said, I really want to stress to you all that, like I said earlier, you don't have to be perfect to be profitable. I by no means am a perfect content creator, but I am, by most standards, a profitable content creator, all right? So uh, tying that back to Facebook. Right? What does that got to do with Facebook, JT? Now that Facebook has came to play ball and they up their monetization structure, guess what I can do? I can now move 1,300 employees that worked at YouTube over to work at Facebook. And some people say that Facebook pays better. Time will tell. But let's say that Facebook pays a third of that or half of that. Right, half of that, 150 some odd thousand dollars. Now I can take those same employees and I can migrate those employees over. And now that one employee is working two jobs at the same time, making me money. They don't cost me anything, they don't complain, they don't call out sick. You guys get what I'm saying? So, this is the power of digital assets. Now, I'm not saying every video is going to be a home run, nor does it have to be. Instagram is the same thing, right? Now, I've been talking about my numbers so far, and the pushback that I get a lot when I when I do that is they'll say, well, JT, that's you, right? Uh, everybody not going to be you. That's fine, because there's some people, uh, as of this conversation, the richest YouTuber makes over $200 million a year off of YouTube, right? The richest YouTuber makes over $200 million a year. I make nowhere near, even if I combine all of my revenue streams from all my social media, all my real estate, find a change between the couch, I by no means make anywhere near $200 million a year off of any assets that I currently own. But the dope thing is, is that when people say everybody not you, JT, or everybody not so-and-so, right, if you have the wrong mentality, you take that to mean that you can't be as successful as. When I hear that, I think, okay, great. I don't want to be JT. I want to be closer to that man or woman that's making $200 million plus a year off of this asset. So that's why changing our mindset is so important. So shout out to Travis underscore GWV. He makes a ton of great, great content on all social media. His biggest platform as of this recording is Instagram. So I've been dabbling around with Instagram, trying different things. Uh, I found a strategy that worked, uh, gained over 40,000 subscribers in a month, and that's how I crossed over 100,000 uh, Instagram followers uh, a few months back now. 
right? Now, since then, I've scaled back my Instagram uh, use. It's still been profitable, but uh, many of you guys know I'm working on my first uh, short film. Uh, other than working on my other short film, I'm also working on uh, producing a show exclusively for Facebook. And now we are in conversations of do we want to try to produce multiple shows for Facebook simultaneously, right? Um, of course, there's going to be meetings, there's going to be partnerships, there's going to be hiring people. Uh, I'm training VAs. All of that to say is that I've been busy, right? Um, so my growth has reflected that I haven't been putting in the same amount of time on Instagram as I used to. But Travis been killing it, right? Uh, I'm not going to disclose Travis's numbers. I'm going to let Travis say his exact numbers. What I will tell you is that Travis makes enough money off of Instagram, right? Uh, or last numbers he shared with me, right? So they could be way more than this. Uh, he can afford to pay all of his recurring bills off of Instagram exclusively if he wanted to, right? So mortgage, utilities, blah, 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 regular ordinary bills that we all have off of a free platform like Instagram. Everybody here can start creating free content, uploading on a free platform, and if they want to be students of the game, which you should, since tonight we're talking about digital assets, create an asset that if you're going to be on Instagram anyway, whether you watch funny videos, entertaining videos, or a mixture of both, right? That asset can also pay your bills. Think about how powerful that is. Think about how powerful that is, right? So, um, uh, did I actually rent out Urban Air? Yeah. If you don't believe me, show up tomorrow between uh, 5 to 8 p.m. and you'll see. What's up, Chris? Right? What's up, Chris? So, yeah, man. Um, I tell everybody, you know, do your due diligence on me. Fact check me, all right? If, if you don't believe that is that is true, show up and see, right? So um, if you have kids, so uh, to put it in perspective for the listeners and the viewers that may not know that um, uh, tomorrow we're doing an event for the children uh, for Christmas. We rented out the indoor adventure park, Urban Air, and, um, you know, you could come, right? Now, this is for children and their guardians. So, you know, parents, guardians, whoever's in charge of them, right? This ain't for a hundred grown people to come in, right? It's not a business event. It's not a networking event. If you guys do want to come and talk business and attend a business event, you guys can check out the Foundations of Wealth Conference that we're putting on, right? So if you want to come network with grown people and talk business, the website is the Foundations with the S on Foundations, the Foundations of Wealth Conference dot com right but if you're in the area chattanooga tennessee area um and you have some children or some some people some youngins that you're responsible for uh come out tomorrow between five and eight bring them out it's completely free right uh all you gotta do is, is buy your own food right but the adventure park itself um i rent it out you know just to give back to the community because i believe in uh helping in as many ways as i can right i'm not elon musk i'm not jeff bezos i can't do everything right but uh little things like this that we can do uh i i always give out free game and the hustle is sold separately but we also do community events all year long and this is just going to be the last community event for the year right um question here uh boom 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 uh, okay, that's talking about fake accounts. Yeah, uh, if any fake accounts reach out to you asking you for money or to sign up for something or buy anything, uh, don't do it, right? Um, you could just report them. Currently, social media is calling them fan accounts. I reported 17 of them. 
Uh, I stopped looking how, at how many uh, social media accounts there are out there now trying to impersonate me. When I reported those 17, their response back was they're considered fan pages. And I was like, well, how is it a fan page if it's trying to take advantage of people and take their money? Um, they pretended to not be able to see any messages. Um, I say pretend because I believe that if they wanted to, they could see all of our messages on whatever platform we're using. Um, but they're saying that from what they can see, it just appears to be a fan page and there's nothing in the bylaws or the, the terms of service saying that they can't have fan pages, right? So I really want you all out there to, um, to if, if somebody ever hits you up pretending to meet me and says sign up for this or, uh, you know, give me money and I'll flip your money, don't do it, right? Unfortunately, they already hit some people for uh, somewhere around the neighborhood of $4,000. Um, don't let that be you. So I'm just letting you guys know. Let's move on to the next asset that I have here, though. But again, if you guys are watching this uh, on Instagram, uh, then be selfish. Ask your questions in the live stream, right? Um, if you guys are listening to it and you ever want to tune in to the Instagram live streams, again, that's JT Hustles, J-T-H-U-S-T-L-E-Z, for those of you that want to tap in as well. Ebooks and audiobooks. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this is actually one of my top favorites, even above my YouTube, uh, my Facebook. We're just starting that out, but uh, I'm hearing people and know people that are killing it on Facebook, uh, even the top of Instagram, right? Uh, the reason why I would say ebooks and audiobooks are my favorite above them is because um, I'm currently working on my 31st book, right? So that's a major personal accomplishment for myself. So I have 30 books out. Um, the majority of which, like 28 if I'm not mistaken, are um, on Amazon. So you can just go to Amazon, search for JT Hustles. I have a complete children's book series that teach kids life lessons. I have adult books that talk about different businesses. Uh, I have um, low content books like digital planners to help content creators uh, get on task. Um, I have cookbooks that are just straight up. You buy the cookbook and you go around Thanksgiving or now Christmas time, uh, if you're watching this or listening to this while I'm recording it, uh, you go around and you write down Big Mama recipes and then that becomes like a family heirloom, right? I, I invented that because personally, I wish that that was something that I would have thought about uh, sooner, right? I have no living grandparents, but um, I do wish that I would have had like uh, a nice organized cookbook with grandma, auntie, whoever made the best whatever recipes, and now we can pass that around the family. Maybe somebody that's entrepreneurially minded one day opens up a food trailer, a food truck, or a restaurant, or even a ghost kitchen um, selling those items, and, and we might monetize it as well as enjoy it uh, in perpetuity. But um, outside of those 29 assets that I have there, I have two books that I have moved exclusively to my own platform. Uh, my website is authorjt.com. So author, just like a book author, authorjt.com. Now, while I am super grateful for Amazon, Amazon is a huge marketplace. I've made money off of Amazon being a self-publisher there. Um, Amazon is not the best place financially speaking for you to have your books. Now, you can have them there and reach an audience, but um, if you're serious and you want to build a publishing business, which is what I've done and what I'm continuing to do, um, it is better to, at a certain point, uh, start 
doing more things yourself. So uh, I began to directly publish them. The reason why, right, being long-winded, but I want you guys to understand the context of what I'm saying. The reason why this is the top of my list is not because it makes the most money, at least not yet, but, you know, maybe eventually the way that uh, things have been growing tremendously with it is that I completely control this. I don't own YouTube. I don't own Facebook. I don't own Instagram. I don't own Amazon, right? Now, when it comes to digital assets, I personally am a fan of leveraging what's already there for us. So that's why I participate in all of these platforms. But I don't want to exclusively only uh, make money by leveraging these particular platforms because algorithms can change policies can change all of these things that occur and they're not going to call me and say hey jt we thinking about doing this this and this how you feel about it they're going to do what's in the best interest of the company and if what's in the best interest of the company negatively impacts my platform my revenue stream my business that i built on that platform i'm collateral damage it's not personal it's just business but if I also start having digital assets that I completely control, like having a publishing company where we produce our own books outside of Amazon, and the only way to get them is if you go through our publishing company, yes, we miss out on the reach of an Amazon, but we also are no longer at the whim of an Amazon, right? I got a whole training program on this inside Hustle Academy as well. We'll touch on that next. But I'm gonna give you guys a nugget for, for listening this long and watching this long, right? So um, one thing that I do, understand this, if you're gonna make money off of books, you need to write more than one book. Very rarely do you write one book ever and make a ton of money, right? I only know one person personally that can be credited with generating one book and making a ton of money and to be honest with you, none of us qualify, right? Talking about God, I'm talking about Jesus Christ, I'm talking about the Bible, right? Uh, I'm unapologetically a believer. Hey, if you're not with that and you got to lead alive or turn off this podcast, hey, to each their own, but I'm going to just be transparent with you here on this platform. Now, everybody else, so all of us, we're going to have to do a series of books. Now, you might be most known for one book more than another book, but most successful authors... I don't care if they make a couple extra hundred dollars a month, thousands of dollars a month, millions of dollars a month. Most of them, right, have a book series, have more than one book. All right. So keeping it going, I want you guys to understand the hack that I was getting to is this, is that let's say you're going to do a three book series, right? An example of that is I got a Hustler's Guide series. So we'll specifically say this is the Hustler's Guide to making a six-figure courier business. This is the Hustler's Guide to going from being a convicted felon to a successful six-figure entrepreneur. Now, we're not talking about the courier business in that book, but we're talking about other things that you can do. Now, let's say I take the third book in that series, and that is exclusively on my publishing platform. So what I could do now is in book number one, give them everything I know about that subject matter, and then also promote my other book that's exclusively on my platform and tell them about book number two that's on Amazon, right? In that other book, I can, again, have another opportunity to promote my own publishing company and also tell them about the other book that I have on Amazon as well. So now I'm able to leverage the like, know, and trust that Amazon has and say, okay, maybe I bought one, two, or however many books from this gentleman off of Amazon. He told me everything he knew about that subject matter, but he always referenced 
Go over here if I want to know more. Go over here for additional resources, right? Now, other authors may say, okay, uh, maybe it's not an entire of the book over there. Maybe they'll say, uh, these are some support resources. I'll give you this PDF, this website, this tool, this whatever it is that's going to make this easier for you if you go over here, right? Uh, it's important to do that with all of your digital assets, again, because the name of the game in my personal opinion, is you leverage the platforms that are already out there. Why? They already did the hard work for you. They already consolidated and built thousands of people on this platform, right, for you. And now all you have to do on this point is find out of all of these uh, millions of people or these billion plus people, what group of these people personally like, know, and trust me, and then out of those people that follow me on this platform, can I leverage a small percentage of them to go over there? I don't need all 120,000 plus people that follow me on Instagram, at least as of this podcast, to come to my website and ever buy a, a, a product for me, right? Instagram will monetize this, so this will give me, you know, a little change, all right? Um, but eventually, Instagram's going to take their cut, and the older this episode is, it's going to be less and less profitable. Right. I'll give you guys a real life example. So on Amazon, they're going to take anywhere from 30 to 60 to 70 percent. It just depends on what the asset is and how much you charge for it. Right. Since I switched and became my own publishing company, we're now retaining 97 percent of the profit. Right. So on other platforms, best case scenario, we're keeping 60 to 70 percent of the revenue. Switching and now leveraging this platform and getting you to my own platform, I can now keep 97% of that money, right? And even if that fluctuates, it's a whole lot of room before I get anywhere close to only keeping 70 or 60%. What I also have now is I have a direct connection uh, with, my, with my purchasers, right? So when people bought my book off of Amazon, I never knew who they were. I don't get their name, their email address, their mailing address, any of that, right? So how it works on Amazon is you upload your files, so your content and your cover, and it doesn't physically exist if this is a paperback or hardback book. It doesn't physically exist until somebody orders it. Once somebody orders it, Amazon will make it, package it, ship it out to them. I have no control over the quality control. So if somebody wants a refund because the book they bought off of Amazon was poorly made and falling apart, guess what? They send it back to Amazon. Amazon is either going to shred it or burn it, and they're going to give them the money back, right? Now, if I personally sent out a physical book, I can inspect that book and say, you know what? This quality is not what I want to represent me. Let's put that to the side. That'll be a free book. That'll be a book I use in social media for promo, or I might just chuck it away myself, Right. But I can have more quality control. I can also know the name of that person, their email address, their phone number, their mailing address. So if I ever want to connect with them and say, hey, listen, I see you buying all of my books. Why don't you come in person to this conference and hands on learn from people that do this every day? Of course, you can read the book and execute on it. But if you want to be matched up with somebody that does this every day, hey, you can do that as well. So I like ebooks and audiobooks or just being a publisher in general. But since we're talking about digital assets, uh, when we get into paperbacks and hardcovers, those aren't digital, right? But I like digital assets because those are things that you can control, 
right? I'm not at the whim of what if Amazon wants to kick me off? What if Instagram, what if YouTube, what if you name it, right? That social media platform, I'm not beholding to them, all right? Um, so now I have a more sustainable business model, right? We touched on Hustle Academy and I told you guys one tip that I teach people as I also am not just a practitioner. I'm not just an author that's always writing books. Like I told you guys, I'm also writing a movie. Um, I also teach others how to do the same and um, shout out to, uh, I don't even know if she wants her name out there yet, so I'll talk to her first, but uh, I recently had a student make $12,000 in two months off of their very first book uh, from from working with me, right? Learning the game, working with me uh, through through my program I offered them as well, right? Um, but courses, you can use whatever platform you want. There's a ton of platforms out there. New platforms come out all the time. I use a platform called Teachable. Uh, look at reviews on it, watch YouTube uh, content on it, uh, see what's out there, what's in your budget, what interests you. I know people that use Thinkific, people that use Podia, uh, people that use Gum Road, uh, you know, the longer I sit here, the more they'll come back to me. But the point is this: that you can create digital courses. Think about digital courses the same way as online college courses, except without your time being tied to it, right? So, an online college course may or may not have a teacher there with you, right? At least sometimes the teacher will be there. Now, with a digital course, you can record you giving information one time and then you can upload that information and now people can access that information over and over and over again right over and over and over again and uh i'm gonna pause this live for one second and i'll be right back with you right so the audio is gonna cut out for just one second um and i'm gonna come right back with you guys with the next resource all right so don't go anywhere All right, you guys, I'm back. All right, the next resource that I want to share with you, um, well, before we go there, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. Again, think of your digital courses the same way you think of um, your your college courses, right? Um, so create content on anything. I told you guys, anything you know how to do, regardless of how simple it may be to you, understand that there's somebody somewhere that doesn't know how to do that. Right. There's somebody somewhere that doesn't know how to write books. There's somebody somewhere that doesn't know how to fix cell phones. There's somebody somewhere that doesn't know how to do even simple tasks like cook this meal. Right. Not every course has to be do this and make money. It could be on relationships. It could be on spirituality. It could be on gardening. Right. Whatever your preference is, whatever your interest is uh, within your wheelhouse, you could tap into that and leverage that asset. All right. Um, let me jump back in here and answer a couple more of you guys' questions. Uh, going to buy your book, You Made Me a Believer. I appreciate that. Appreciate that, right? Uh, for anybody listening or watching, I tell you guys all the time, though, if you're new to me, or and this goes for everybody, not just me, right? Do your due diligence. We, we understand that there's a lot of people on the Internet saying, um, hey, you know, do this and make money. But I tell you guys, I'm a practitioner that partners with practitioners. So I don't do every business, but I try to have almost every business available on my platform because you're not limited to do what JT wants to do, right? And it doesn't mean just because I do or don't do something, that means that that asset will or will not make you a ton of money. Uh, but whether you're going to do something that I do or something that a friend of mine recommends, tell you guys all the time, do your due diligence, right? You can never uh, do enough, in my opinion, due diligence to make sure that the man or woman, this goes for me, 
This goes for everybody else on social media, right? You can never do enough to make sure that somebody is actually giving you the right information. Now, the value of financial literacy is that you're knowing exactly what to do, and now all you have to do is execute on it. The risk is you got to make sure that that's the right information. Because just because somebody says this is the right information, you got to ensure that it is, in fact, the right information. All right. So that's why I tell you that works for anybody online and anybody you come across in your real life as well that's giving you resources. But digital courses are a huge asset as well. Right. Websites. Now, there's private label websites and then like there's your own websites. I told you guys before, uh, one of my websites is AuthorJT. Dot com authorjt.com that is my website where you can go to and we're going to continue to add to it that's my my primary website i guess we could call it so you can access that to contact me you can see all my books um once we do our conference i am going to add a tab and show you all of our awardees so we are going to do our 30k award our 100k award and our 10k award for all of our students that have had uh 10k months uh, specifically off of books, 30K months off of whatever resource they uh, decided to tap in with us and use. And we have some students that are going to win the 100K a month uh, award as well. And that information will all be there. Um, and I'm saying that to say that, one, I encourage you to come be a part of the Foundations of Wealth Conference and tap in with us and, you know, utilize those resources. But also, you can go see those men and women after the conference you can go to the website and you'll be able to see those men and women. We're going to try to include all of their social media. I say try because, believe it or not, there's a lot of people that's making money that don't want you to know they're making money. Uh, maybe they don't want their family members, their friends begging them or whatever the case may be. And uh, I try to respect that, right? At one point in time, I was trying to pressure everybody to say, no, you got to tell everybody. You got to show the world. Come on the podcast. Come on the YouTube channel. Come on the Instagram because it's inspirational. But uh, you never know anybody's personal life situation. Situation. So uh, those men and women that don't mind sharing their social media, I'll put that there. But we're 100 percent. We're going to make them take a picture. So that's the best I can do for you. Right. So we definitely going to have the pictures there uh, for you. Right. But going to websites. Because you guys know I'm a talker going down the, the rabbit hole of authorjt.com. Um, that is my website that I created. That is the gateway to my publishing company for all of my book resources. And like I said, uh, the conference resources and everything you'll be able to find once you access that as well. Right. It's a Wix site. I'm be honest with you. I, I didn't go code and learn any other languages. Right. Drag and drop Wix site. And it's profitable. Right. It's a profitable site. So don't think that you have to be a coder or software developer or anything crazy like that. Even if you don't know how to do Wix inside of Wix, they do have tools that will pretty much make the majority of the website for you. You just change the images, change the wordings and just customize what they make for you. Um, but if, if that's not enough, you can go to Fiverr. I'm telling you guys, I am a Fiverr head, right? I, I've made a lot of money off of Fiverr uh, from the assets that they helped me create and the time that it saved me to create it in. F-I-V-E-R-R.com. You can go get a Wix site, pay somebody on Fiverr, add them to the Wix site temporarily um, just with their email and other contact information that Wix will tell you whatever the update is, whatever the most um, up-to-date information is, depending on when you watch this or listening to this, right? Um, and add them to your account and just literally tell them, I want this kind of website for this 
Let them make it, pay them. You got your website as custom as you want it. All right, so you can find men and women at, in my opinion, the best prices out, at least as of right now, on Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. This is not a sponsored uh, uh, shout-out or anything like that. This is just a real resource that I use. So, authorjt.com. That's my website. That's me leveraging my IP. Always remember the foundations of wealth, hence the conference, the foundations of wealth.com. If you want to tap in with us, uh, so the foundations of wealth are real estate, intellectual property, stock investing. What that means is that we can go all the way back throughout history before I was born, before mama, before grandma, before whoever you can remember was born and just look at wealthy people. They had at least one of the three, right? They had at least land, real estate as we call it, right? They had at least uh, stocks, right? Which we know the stock market wasn't invented in the beginning of time, but we can find a ton of people have made their money by investing in companies, right? Leveraging the stock market to do so. Uh, and IP. IP is starting a business or any way you leverage the ideas in your head into tangible assets, right? So like the gentleman that created the Super Soaker and licensed it out to Hasbro made a ton of money, but he don't have to put together guns and package them up and ship them out every time somebody wants a Super Soaker, right? So intellectual property encompasses starting a business or the monetization of your ideas in any way, right? Like, so a YouTube video, a podcast, an Instagram stream, right? That's IP. This is your knowledge in your head that you're sharing with people. And the dope thing about the world that we live in now, right, is that you can make six and seven figures off of your IP and you don't have to sell it to individuals. At least that's dope for me because I prefer B2B business. B2B business is business to business. I'm a business, I work with another business, and maybe that business works with individual consumers, but I don't have to work with a thousand different orders, a, a thousand different people in order to make the money that I want, right? Now, I might have to come in at a wholesale price, but I'm still gonna just adjust my prices so that I can still turn a profit and I'll let them uh, make more money, right? You know what, I will happily allow them to make more money because they're gonna have a bigger headache than me. So. By them taking on the bigger headache, I will compensate them in the form of giving them wholesale prices and they can charge retail prices. All right. So um, when I was using AliExpress, quick example, then we'll jump right back into the websites. But I want this to be so simple that any listener or any viewer can understand what I'm saying. Um, when I was building my T-shirt company, I drop shipped it, meaning that I made a website with all of these items on it. I didn't have a single hat, shirt, sock, underwear, nothing physically in my possession. When you go to the website and you order it, I would then connect with my manufacturer in China that I found on AliExpress, A-L-I-E-X-P-R-E-S-S. I use AliExpress and not Alibaba in the beginning because Alibaba required me to have a greater quantity. And at the time, to be honest with you, I didn't have the money to do business at that level. AliExpress was a little bit more expensive than Alibaba, but it allowed me to be able to get the resources that I needed in the smaller quantity and at a better price. Let's say that I get the shirt for $9 a shirt. I was charging, I think at that time, $30 a shirt. Now the $9 also included shipping the item as well. All right, I'm telling you, 
great deal at the time. So this is me getting the item manufactured and shipped to the end consumer. You come to my website, you pay $29.99 plus tax. I go, I give the person on AliExpress $9. They make your shirt, they ship your shirt to your house. The packaging says it came from my business name, right? Whatever I called it at the time. And I make money off of the spread, all right? Now, that is one way that you can make money off of a drop shipping website, all right? But again, that's my IP, leveraging my IP to make money. Now, in the beginning, I had a free Wix site, right? And it said powered by Wix everywhere you look. But as soon as I made a couple of sales, I immediately, first investment, I don't need it saying powered by Wix. That don't look professional, so I'm going to pay that. Now, keep in mind, this was years ago. Now, present day, people expect you to already have that going for the most part if you want to be taken seriously. But I'm just sharing with you guys how the game went. Now, let's say that you're not a creative person. You say, I have no idea for a publishing company to sell my own books. I have no idea for a T-shirt brand to sell my own T-shirts. How in the world, JT, am I going to make money off of websites, right? Um, maybe you can blog, but you might say, JT, I'm not creative enough to do a blog. Well, you can private label websites as well, right? This is another big play that I usually only tell people that tap into the training. But again, I'm going to get this to y'all that listen this long in the podcast and that happen to be on this Instagram. So it was meant for you to be here for whatever reason so you can catch this play. JHFhosting.com. JHFhosting.com. Right, that stands for JT's Hustle Fam.com. If you go there, you can get a domain name, you can get a website, you can get whatever tools you need to start your website today. Do I know how to create a web hosting company? No, I do not. What I do know how to do is research web hosting companies that already know how to do the service, but instead of them solely making money off of the service they say you could pay this annual fee right 300 and something bucks if i'm not mistaken it's definitely less than 500 but i think it was 300 and something bucks it's coming up again uh so i'll be paying that again here before the end of this month so between 300 and 500 dollars i don't remember the exact amount and i don't have the number in front of me but what that does is you buy into it it's an annual fee now you get to put your face on their business, right? That's how I like to explain private labeling to people. So you go to jhfhosting.com and you say, I want this domain address. I want johndoe.com. I'm just making this up off the top of my head and that's probably already taken. But let's assume it wasn't for the sake of this illustration. Let's say you go and you say, I want johndoe.com and I want janedoe.com. You type it in the search bar. It's available. Is this price. You buy it, right? The company goes and actually fulfills the order so now you have access to that domain address they'll also provide you with tools if you would like to use them to start building janedoe.com johndoe.com right they're also on top of that going to take a small fee out of that money for easy math let's say you spend three dollars on it on the domain name right maybe they'll take 75 cents now they already got the annual fee for the year so they don't have to tax me on the back end, but they still might say, well, this is still going to take up space on our server. So we're going to charge you 75 cents, 
but out of that three dollars here's two dollars and 25 cents we did all the work you customize the first page which guess how i customized the first page y'all fiverr.com f-i-v-e-r-r.com i went to fiverr i said hey listen make me a pretty cool looking web hosting page and you guys can fact check this right now you can go to jhfhosting.com and you can really get a domain name and you can really get a website and you can really do this business yourself or if you provided value and just wanted to make it easy and support the platform you can buy your domain and website from there honestly it's whatever works for you right I i'm not giving you this game to say that you're beholden to me and you got to buy from me i'm giving you this game so that you know that you could do this for yourself you could build generational wealth you could build personal wealth you could have digital assets that work for you 24 7 so you don't have to work right now or if you love what you do and you just want extra money you can still choose to work but it's not going to be a situation where you have to work right so jhfhosting.com if you don't believe this play type it in go to the website buy something and see if you don't really get it and even if you do it while i'm on this live or if you listening to this podcast and do it at the same time right i won't have to do anything so by private labeling it and you could private label travel sites um, so you could say this is, again, I'm going to make it up, uh, John Doe Travels, right, or whatever traveling company. Uh, I'm sure you guys will have a better travel name than me than what I could create off the top of my head. And then you can partner with these companies like Expedia and many others that have affiliate programs or have travel site affiliation programs where they buy it through your site, you get a kickback, they do all of the fulfillment. So now you receive passive income by having a link in your bio, by sharing it on your Facebook, by you saying, hey, look, I'm going to Jamaica with my family. If you guys want to come to Jamaica, hey, check out this website right here. You can book your flight. You can book your rental. You can look, you can rent your hotel or wherever place you want to stay if you don't want to do the hotels, right? So whatever it is you want to do for your whole trip, you can come to johndotravels.com, book everything, Right. And then you could come to Jamaica with like us. So you could just go take a family vacation, record yourself, take pictures of yourself. You're you going to do it anyway. Right. If you're going to take a family trip and I'm just using Jamaica off top. Right. Because I recently got my passport and I think that might be one place that I go. But wherever you want to go, London, Africa, uh, Europe, South America, you name it, some place that I ain't even thinking up off the top of my head. But if you're going to go there anywhere, nine times out of ten, you or somebody you went with is going to want to take pictures for the memories and they're going to share that to social media because that's the world we live in. So why not give yourself the opportunity to make money off of that experience? You're going to have a dope time, you know, Lord willing. you have a dope time while you're there. And then other people that might want to come there and say, hey, next time we go, we want to have a dope time as well, like JT, like whoever, right? Hey, boom, I'm going to book through their website. We're going to go to johndotravels.com too. All right, and now that's another passive income for you. So specifically, this digital asset we're talking about, again, is websites. And I'm letting you guys know if you're creative, of course, you can do the coding. I personally don't code. So you could code your own website. You could use a drag and drop service like Wix, right? Um, Shopify is another website service. Uh, iPage is another one. Um, and, and you can use whatever you want to use, honestly, right? Um, but even if you're not a creative person, you could ask yourself, what kind of website would you like to have? And then go to Google and say private label travel site, private label web hosting site, right? And then 
go down the rabbit hole and find it. Now, far too many people, when they think of passive income, they, they want to go and say, I don't want to do no work. I don't want to Google nothing. I don't want to read nothing. I don't want to do nothing but sit here and get checks coming to my bank account. Well, guess what? If it was that easy, everybody would do it. And now you actually got to be good at it. Now in business, uh, you know, if you do it the way that I encourage you to do, you're going to be good at it anyway. But trust me, it's not that easy. But it's easier than what you might think, right? It's easier than what you might think, all right? Um, moving on, next thing I have here is apps. Of course, um, think about apps the same way you think about websites. You can create your own app if you know how to code. I'm not a coder. Um, there are drag and drop sites for apps, right? So you could drag and drop your own app and have your own app that way as well. Um, you could private label other people's apps and then put them in the app store as your own, right? So that's one way to look at apps. But again, that might require you to be creative or require you to say, um, what kind of apps do I want to use anyway? And then you do have to drive traffic to them as well to make money off of however you're going to monetize it with ads, with purchases, with product placements, through affiliates, whatever it is that you do. Um, beyond that, though, you can also leverage other apps. All right. So you guys know I've been telling you all all year long. Use GetUpside. Use GetUpside. If you're going to go be spending gas at the pump anyway, use GetUpside so that way you can get cash back. Now, some people say, hey, JT, it's only saying I'm getting six cents back. It's only saying that I'm getting uh, 10 cents back, three cents back. Well, guess what? Uh, this year alone, I made over $2,200 just in cash back from using the Upside app, buying gas that I would have bought anyway. So I could buy the gas and get nothing for it and use the gas to do business, or I could buy the gas and get some of the gas money back, right? So that has paid me back over $2,000, right? What could an extra two grand do for you right now? So we're doing this episode around Christmas, right? So uh, that might be X amount of extra Christmas gifts. Maybe that's an extra payment on your car or cars. Uh, maybe that's an extra payment on your house or houses, right? Maybe that's the seed money for you to do whatever it is, right? Maybe that's you paying off your student loan debt a little bit quicker, whatever it is, right? It's up to you what you do with your money. But this is an asset that you could have been leveraging all year long to make money, all right? Merchandiser app has made me over $1,300. I haven't done anything with the app, but share it with other people that hit me up asking me to borrow money. Hey, man, I can't give you $20 to your cash app, but what I'll do is I'll give you a way to make all the $20 you want. Here's the Merchandiser app. They download it. They go use it, right? Simple app. You go to the grocery store. You taking pictures of stuff in the grocery store. Why? Because companies pay millions of dollars to Walmart and Target and other stores, um, so that way... They're on the end caps. They're in this location, right? Because that real estate matters inside the grocery store, right? So because they spend all of this money, they hire companies. So there's big corporations like Acosta that hires people and give them nine to five jobs to do it. But there's also such a huge need for people to do this that there's also apps out there like the Merchandiser app that'll say, hey, listen, um, it's so much work in this area. We need you, if you're interested, to do it as well. So if you're going to the grocery store anyway to do some shopping, why not walk around a little bit more, take a few pictures, upload them, and get paid for that as well. So me just telling people about that play that didn't know it existed, another $1,300. So let's add that together. 
right? 1300 uh, plus 22. I got a South Carolina education, but I still know that, that, that that's still, what, 3500 roughly, right? I'm not counting the change, but roughly $3,500 a year. What could an extra $3,500 do to benefit you right here in this moment? All right. And again, it don't matter what you could buy with it, but just think about it. That's just having two apps that I did not create, that I did not pay any money for at all. I downloaded them. They were free to download, have them on my phone and just share them with other people. And keep in mind what we said in the beginning of this conversation. I didn't share these apps with people to make me money. I shared these apps with people to help them make or save money. Right. I never said, hey, man, um, I need to make some money. Um, download this app for me and then use it to get gas. Right. I usually start the conversation. Um, hey, do you drive a lot? Yeah. Um, do you know that there's certain apps that you can use that can help you get some of that money back? Um, you Like you can use MalIQ that can keep track of your mileage. If it's for a business, help you with your write offs. It'll make it real easy. You don't got to try to keep up and do all the numbers. Right, some Jerry Rig way at the end of the way. Um, there's also other apps out there that uh, might help you, you know, get some of that money back per gallon. Oh man, what's it? What is it, man? Okay, I'm gonna text it to you real quick. Boom, let them know straight up. Hey, listen, hey, I'm gonna send you the link. If you download it through my link, I do get a kickback. It doesn't cost you anything, it doesn't come out of any of the money that you're supposed to earn. If you don't want to use the link, by all means, I won't send it to you, but I do want to let you know, right? If, if you want it, I'll share it with you, all right? Put it on them. They'll say yes or no, all right? Hey, I'm going to pause this live one more second. You guys put your questions in the chat, and I'm going to be right back here in just one more second. All right, you guys. So that audio should be better. Um, I know those of you on Instagram, it may not negatively have impacted you, but those in the podcast know what I'm talking about. If you heard a little noise, every time the heat crunk up, uh, you know, it, 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 these mics that I'm using um, are, are pretty good. And uh, it was actually hearing that noise, right? And that could be pretty annoying if you're trying to listen to a podcast and you're hearing a little little whistling or a little breathing or whatever, you know. Uh, somebody might think that that is me all on the mic just breathing hard. But now nah, that's actually, uh, I'm close to a vent. And when it cranks up, it, it did that noise, right? But back to the point here. Let me j jump back into this chat. Answer any questions that you have. All right. Shout out to everybody that took action um, on previous content. Shout out to everybody that's going to take action after watching this. Right. What are quality setup essentials to start with? So I would say if you're going to start creating digital assets, you can use what you already have, like your phone and your laptop. That's a great question, right? In the beginning, um, I personally will say it depends on your personality type. Now, can you start off with your phone and your laptop that you already have and build a business and then later reinvest some of the profits to up what you have? By all means, you can do so. But I personally am the type of person that um, if I invest money into something, I want my money back. I don't know about y'all. So if I say, for example, I want to start podcasting and I say, I'm going to just start using the voice recorder on my cell phone. And once the podcast is monetized and starts making me money, then I'll go buy a microphone. 
Then I'll go buy some lights, a camera, and some laptops, and then I'll start doing, you know, a, a, a fancy setup, right? Now, this setup is not fancy by any means. This setup is literally at the dining room table at one of the Airbnbs that I've rented, right? Um, but still, on this desk alone, I have roughly, and it's mostly because I have two laptops here. So one was twelve hundred, uh, another one was closer to two grand. So that's thirty-two hundred dollars. Uh, I got a hundred-dollar mic. I got a four hundred dollar mic, so that's another five hundred dollars in microphones. Uh, I got these lights that I should have charged before I started on here, um, but the lighting kit was another like hundred and twenty bucks. Real small tabletop lights that I'm using um, just to to make it a little bit better, and they'll probably die here in a second because I ain't charge them. Um, and uh, the actual recorder that I'm using for the podcast is another three hundred dollars. All right, now that's a lot of money to start off. For most people, just being honest with you, and I come from a low-income environment, so I'm only speaking to those people that come from that environment. Um, but I needed this because for me, I want my doggone money back. Now, if I just had a cell phone and was just talking into it and then was going to hit upload, I might do it one day. I might do it five days. But sooner or later, I don't have no skin in the game, so... I'm not really committed to it. It don't cost me nothing. I don't have to make any money back. Now, if you are a man or woman who can be self-motivated without having any skin in the game, I would say one, you're rare. Everybody will say they are, but to truly be consistent without having any skin in the game, if you truly that person, salute to you because you are a rare commodity. And um, second to that, I would say by all means, start with what you have. If you're somebody like me, like most of the population is, then I still wouldn't say spend thousands of dollars on a setup. I've been doing this full time since 2017, so uh, it makes sense for me. This isn't necessarily money that came out my pocket and I bought all of this stuff. This is as I made money, I reinvested it back into the business, and now I have all of these over you know several years now, right? And anybody could do it that way, but I would say that maybe you do go out and say, I'm going to spend... Not life changing money, not make or break me money, but let's say three to five hundred dollars, um, and say you know what I want to make my three or five hundred dollars back as soon as possible, all right, and that's what you start with. So whatever you actually need, it depends on if you're going to be doing video content, audio content, video and audio content. Um, then then yeah, right. And I'm just keeping it real. Now most people will just say just start with your phone, all right. And yes, a lot of people could just start with their phone and be fine, but I don't just want you to start. I want you to start and be profitable and understand, like I said, the motto of my podcast is you don't have to be perfect to be profitable, right? By no means do you have to be perfect to be profitable at all, all right? There's nothing perfect about this podcast setup, I promise you. I promise you there's nothing perfect about this podcast setup. But we're going to consistently do it. We're on the road to 100 podcasts in 100 days on all podcast streaming platforms. All right. So we touched on that. We touched on apps. Right. Again, you can make your own apps or you can leverage money making apps out there. I gave you guys two. If you want to know more, subscribe to this podcast and then let me know. Right. Uh, what what episodes you would like to hear about or see uh, in the future. Right. Um, podcasting is the the not the last one but this is the last one that I um would recommend the other two I participate in but 
I'm going to be honest with you. I think that these are not for the beginners. Now, as I get better at them, if I find a way that I feel like I could minimize the risk involved, I do reserve the right to come back and tell you that this is a great first business to start. And this is not to hold you back. This is not to dim your light. This is just um, I do understand the importance of when you're a new entrepreneur, you need some early victories. If you get knocked down and punched in the face at every turn, every time you try to do a play to make money, um, that's when men and women get discouraged. That's when men and women say everything ain't for everybody. That's when men and women say that's a lie. You can't do that. So um, I intentionally want to start off with some of these easier plays, right? Some of these easier plays that I believe that you guys can do. And, and make real money with, right? And podcasting, uh, for those that are listening, obviously already know. Now, you can start off with a program called Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, not to insult anybody's intelligence, but just to make sure that we all 100% understand each other. But with Anchor, day one, they're going to give you an ad and they're going to give you a CPM. Now, what's your CPM will be variable because it depends on when you join. And that is one of those platforms where you literally can use the microphone on your phone and talk in the anchor and upload it as a podcast episode. Now, later on, as you start making money, can you invest in a, a professional mic and cameras and laptops and have a fancy setup like the big podcast, like Joe Rogan and whoever else out there um, is your favorite podcast. But I think Joe Rogan is one of the one of the biggest ones out there, if not the biggest Um Yes, you can. You can literally start today with your cell phone and start podcasting on Anchor. They're going to give you a CPM. Um, and basically what that means for the people like me with a South Carolina education is that um, for every 1,000 listens, you're going to earn this much money. For simple math, let's say that it is, I think mine right now, honestly, is probably like 17 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. So for every 1,000 listens, um, I make 17 bucks. And um, we might do, you know, a few thousand listens since this is a new podcast, right? If we're lucky, right? Uh, so it's not a bad thing um, at all, right? Um, and, of course, the more you do anything, the better you get, right? So when you're doing a few thousand listens a month, that's not an astronomical amount of money. You're just paying the Netflix bill, paying the cell phone bill, you know, depending on what your utilities bills are. Might catch some utility bills some months. Um, but the more you do it, that's the beautiful thing about digital assets. You could do a podcast one time, and the time you upload it, it may not do much of anything, but you keep going, you keep going, and you never know when somebody might go back down the rabbit hole. A ton of people still come to me to this day and say, hey, man, tell me about the cargo van business. I haven't owned a cargo van in probably about four years, right? I probably haven't owned a cargo van. I'm trying to think. It's been at least, I'm going to say that, it's been at least four years since I owned a cargo van. But to this day, people still come to me and say, teach me, tell me about what's the best way to run the cargo van business today. Why? Because they see my old content. They listen to my old content. And even though I did that content in 2017, 2018, 2019, I may even talk about it with people that have learned that business from me. And then even when I transitioned over into a media company, they stayed with it. And now I'm doing content with them more recently. But 
I personally don't do that business anymore. But guess what? Them going back and watching those old videos still are making me money. Them going back listening to those old podcast episodes will still make me money. Um, just to to date this, right? Uh, this is what's the date? Um, December the twentieth, twenty twenty two. When I'm recording this. So anybody that listens to this or watches this after December the 20th, 2022, is this information still valuable? Absolutely, 100%, right? But this is one of those employees that, we, that we're going to continue to harp on that I made December the 20th, 2022 at one of the Airbnbs I was staying in that once it's created is going to make me money in perpetuity over and over and over again. And it will do the same thing for you. All right, so let me recap this list briefly. Again, if you guys got any questions, subscribe to the podcast. The Income Autopilot Podcast is the show that teaches you to stop working and enjoy life while money works for you. That's the model here on this channel. One of the many models, but that's the, the overarching model here. So when it comes to digital assets, the ones that I participate in and I know firsthand will make you more money than you make on your job. I don't care if you make six figures. I don't care if you make seven figures. I told you guys, the as of this recording, the richest YouTuber makes $200 million a year. All right. And he's built a media company out of YouTube. Um, and there's a big spectrum in between zero and 200 million. So even if you don't make 200 million, you still can make a ton of money. I don't think anybody here will be mad if they made seventy thousand a year off of podcasting, seventy thousand a year off of YouTube, a hundred thousand a year off of podcasting, a hundred thousand a year off of YouTube. Let's say you combine them together. Now you're making two hundred thousand dollars combined off of your media company. All right, vast majority of people not making that, or if they are making that, they doing real work. You not at your dining room table with your cell phone and a microphone and a laptop talking. All right, so just think about how powerful that is. But YouTube videos, Facebook videos, Instagram, ebooks and audiobooks, courses, websites, apps, and podcasts. All right, I think that those are some of the safest ways to make money. All right, honorable mention ones crypto and NFTs. My crypto, and you guys can let me know about yours, my crypto is in the dump right now. All right, now I'm a firm believer in. At this point in my entrepreneurial career, I don't invest anything that I'm not okay with losing. So I'm just going to ride it out, see if it ever come back up. And if so, I'll probably cash out and then never play this game again. Now, somebody else might say, oh, man, I'm going to ride it. I'm going to become a trillionaire for crypto. I'm going to be honest with you. That's personally not me. What I will say, though, is that I'm not promoting you to invest in any crypto or NFTs, but I do want you to at least spend a small amount of time being aware of it, right? The first step in anything as it relates to financial literacy, making more money, is don't invest in anything you don't understand. So your first investment, if you don't have an understanding, has to be in gaining that understanding. That's what that financial literacy is all about that people always harp on, right? So I would at least say understand what crypto is, why do people keep talking about it? How does it make money? What is an NFT? What is a non-fungible token, right? Um, you might research it a little bit and say, I don't want to participate in it. That's 100% fine, right? But at least be aware of it because one of you all might research it and say, oh, I get that. I understand that. I want to participate in that. I personally 
only invest in crypto and currently just being transparent with you I don't invest in any crypto but back when I was investing in crypto I only invested in crypto that had a utility meaning that if I put a thousand of my US dollars into JT coin right and that's not a real coin but I'm not trying to lead you into buying any crypto just because I bought it because it's an investment, it's a risk, right? So let's say fictitiously I put a thousand of JT's US dollars into JT coin. Can I take JT coin to Walmart and buy a jug of milk so that way my daughter can have milk with her breakfast in the morning, right? Can I take it to the gas station and uh, Exxon or whoever takes that and gives me gas in exchange for JT coin. Can I go to the light bill company and pay the light bill company with JT coin, right? If I can't find anywhere where this is accepted, I personally don't invest in it, right? I'm not saying that you have to invest in it at all. I'm not saying that if you do decide to invest in it, you have to invest in it based off of my two cents on it. I'm just telling you all that these are digital assets, and I want you to educate yourself on it. Anything that can make you a lot of money can uh, cost you a lot of money. Now, it's easy for those that are going to listen and watch this um, around the time that it's initially created to agree with this. This is going to be most valuable if and when crypto goes for a run and they start posting this person makes $16,000 in a day, $100,000 in a day, this this person became a million dollars off of a, a $6,000 investment, right? That's when people get excited. That's when people want to start saying, oh, it's a gold rush. I'm going to go in and I'm going to get rich. So it's super easy to say don't rush to put your money in it when everybody's losing money. That's true for any investment class. It is most powerful when you hear everybody is getting rich except you and you being a man or woman that's disciplined enough to say congratulations to those other people. But I'm going to wait till I know what in the world this is before I put my hard earned money in it. Right. Last honorable mention I have here is a virtual assistant uh, management and marketing business. I am actually looking at, if you guys that are watching this live and for the benefit of the people that are listening, um, I'm looking at between the Instagram live stream and some notes. So I have a small little bit of notes for this podcast to make sure that I cover all the points that I was thinking about covering in this episode. And I actually have notes for the next episode already completed, but the majority of this paper is training information because I am going to go make training videos and start hiring virtual assistants to help me manage my business so that we can scale more efficiently, so that will save us more time, make us more money in excess of their cost, right? Um, so having a VA business, I'm creating that because one, it will benefit me, just giving you guys the entire play, and then beyond that, if anybody else is having or will have a similar problem as I'm currently facing, I can then leverage that digital asset and allow them to have it, right? Let's make it a little bit more tangible because I don't want this to go over anybody's head. As a content creator, we spend a lot of time editing, right? Especially as YouTubers, podcasters, you know, whatever 
platform you decide to distribute content on, right? Now, not for this challenge that we're doing, a hundred podcasts in a hundred days challenge, right? And also for anybody listening or anybody viewing this on Instagram, if you do a hundred podcasts in a hundred days, right? I will be the guest on your 101st podcast and we could talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. We can go however in depth you want to go about whatever money making strategy you want it to be in. Now, keep in mind, I don't know everything about everything. So if it's something I don't know anything about, I'll tell you that that's not a good topic because uh, I don't know anything about like if you say chicken farming, right? I don't I can't teach you the chicken farming business because I've never been a chicken farmer. I don't know any chicken farmers. But um, if it's in the wheelhouse of things that I know, um, that's what we're doing. 100 podcasts in 100 days, consecutive days. If you miss a day, don't be discouraged. That just means you got to double upload or triple upload or however many days upload on that day when you come back. Um, but if you could do 100 podcasts in 100 days, uh, I will be your 101st guest. Right. Reason why is because um, you should do the 100 podcasts first, because those are your digital assets. They're going to work for you in perpetuity. Right. One episode with JT on your podcast is not enough for you to feed your family in perpetuity. But 100 episodes, depending on your subject matter, that can. Right. And it might sound crazy to you, but to be honest with you, it 100 percent can. All right. Um. So with this virtual assistant business, I am going to actually be editing my own social media content. I am going to record me editing it. I'm going to talk myself through the edit process. And then I am going to take that recording of me teaching how to edit, upload it. And then when I hire virtual assistants, I will say, hey, this is required training, just like any other job. There's going to be a hiring process, and then once you meet those standards, there's going to be a training process. Then there's going to be a probationary period to make sure that you're a good fit for the company environment, right? So I am creating the training videos, so that way once I go through the hiring process, I personally don't got to spend every day trying to train them and trying to show them everything. It's going to already be done, right? Uh, this is a lesson that I learned in the United States Marine Corps. Um, the best time to prepare for war is during times of peace, right? I'm going to say that again because it's so powerful. The best time to prepare for war is during a time of peace. So that being said, um, that's why I'm proactively creating the training program before I just go out and start hiring people and then hoping they know how to edit, right? So... I'm creating this asset because I need it, right? That's a nugget. I'm creating this asset because I need it. And then if other people need it now or in the future, that's where this digital asset is going to come into play. Hey, would you like to use my virtual assistants to edit your content? This is the price. If you say, okay, well, I want to hire my own virtual assistants and train them like you train yours so that way I can continuously train VAs um, so that I can remain consistent and efficient. Well, here, you don't need my VAs. You need my training program that I use to train VAs. So here, you can use that, right? So... Again, because everything ties together, and I just want to make sure that you understand that before you leave this episode, is that you might want to be a YouTuber for the money, a podcaster for the time, or whatever kind of content creator for the fame. I don't care why you want to be a content creator, 
right? It's not my job to convince anybody to want to be a content creator or not, right? The value in the digital asset is if you have already made up your mind, you want to be a content creator for whatever reason you want to be a content creator, editing is a part of it. And most content creators don't really jump up and down and get excited about editing. Now, you do it enough, you just understand that that's just a part of the game. And then once you get enough money, you hire an editor, right? That's typically how that progresses. But having this tool is going to be a valuable asset for people that may need it, right? So I am creating an asset that benefits me. And then think about it this way. Maybe you don't want to have VAs that edit videos, right? Because I need VAs to be personal assistants because as a personal assistant, they're going to help manage my emails, my marketing campaigns, other little digital tasks that I don't have the time to manage anymore. And then I'm going to have a VA that focuses on just editing because I am going to be doing podcasts, Instagram, Facebook shows, YouTube shows, short films. That's a ton of editing going on. So we need somebody that all they can focus on all day is editing. I need somebody else that can focus on this. So now I don't have to worry about is this done or that done. I can focus on being a creative. The power of that is the more I can stay in my zone of genius, the more profitable I am to the entire machine. Same thing as you. Right. If you're really good at fixing on cars, you're probably most profitable if you could think about fixing on cars all day. Now, if you have to manage the books, if you have to do the marketing, if you have to clean the shop, if you have to do everything else on top of fixing the cars, can you do it? Yes. We all know entrepreneurs that are one stop shops and hey, they get it all done by themselves. But if they were willing to say, even though I won't be making money in this window of time, I am going to develop a system that allows me to make more money, more efficiently, faster and longer, because I'm going to take a time to create a system. And then I'm going to hire somebody and they're going to do the marketing. They're going to do the cleaning. They're going to be doing the whatever else I need done. And let me just think about how in the world I'm going to get this car to start. Right. And that's just a simple uh, example, right? Whatever your niche is, um, you can apply that same logic. What kind of videos I can do to make money on Facebook, right? So as long as they're not against Facebook's policy, right, um, um, you're fine. So it's people that do educational content. It's people that do entertainment content, right? So Country Wayne is killing it with uh, entertainment, and he makes great money off of Facebook. EYL is killing it with education and they making good money as well off of social media, right? I'm not exactly sure if they're on Facebook, to be honest with you, but uh, I do know that there are people on there um, that are, make educational content and kill it as well, but I don't want to misquote any other brand. But what I'm saying though, is that your only limitation is your imagination, right? The same quality content that you would like to make, you could do your podcast on Facebook, right? Whatever you would put on YouTube, you could put on Facebook. I that's literally so as a creative staying in my zone of genius, um part of what I'm doing and I'm paying for this service just to be honest with you, um I am going to focus on creating YouTube content. I am paying somebody to move my YouTube content to Facebook for me. Why? Because I want to stay as a creative, right? I'm also going to partner with people as well so that way I can do less of what I'm doing. So yes, we're hiring VAs, 
We're hiring companies to move content over. We're partnering with people. The whole goal is to get as close to staying in your zone of genius as possible because the longer you can stay in your zone of genius, the more profitable you can be, right? If I could sit in this house for 10, 12 hours a day and only have to worry about what is a dope podcast episode? Guess what I could do? Think of a really dope podcast episode because I don't have anything else that is going to take my time. Everything else is is being accounted for. All I have to do is stay within my zone of genius, right? I hope this makes sense to y'all, all right? And when it comes to the marketing business, I'm, I'm sure many of you all, if not all of you all, have heard of social media marketing agencies, Right. So that's what I'm talking about, where basically you can have VAs do it. You can have whoever you want to do, 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 do it. They'll just manage your marketing campaigns. Right. One added nugget for people that watch this. Uh, and we're going to wrap it up here soon after we get into these Q&A's. Again, subscribe to the podcast on all podcast platforms, because not all of these podcasts will be available on Instagram. Uh, I decided to do this one on Instagram. I'm going to save it under the subscribers only tab. So if you subscribe to my uh, my Instagram, this podcast, as well as any other ones will be under that tab, but all of them will not be there. This is podcast, I think, number three or four, right? And we're on day five. I'm going to be honest with you, right? So I'm going to double up tonight. The next podcast after this, we're going to talk about is a food trailer a good passive income business? Why or why not and how to do it, right? Many of you guys know I invest in the food trailer. Um, I'm not going to jump on Instagram live with that, but that one is going up as well because, like I said, uh, I got my notes on it. I'm going to tell you guys from my experience and my research and let you guys make a decision on that because, of course, not everything is for everybody, right? Um, I'm looking through these questions, if I see any questions, right? If there's any networking going on, then uh, I'm going to jump over that, right? Um. Digital assets, right? Digital assets. I want you guys to understand that they're powerful, right? They're super powerful. Don't look at it as there is no guarantee that, what's up, Lenny? There is no guarantee that if I make this, somebody will buy it because there is a 100% guarantee that if you don't create that digital asset, nobody will ever buy it, right? So it's not like you're you're helping yourself by not creating it. At least you have the opportunity to create an additional income stream if you create it. And think about it like you're creating an employee that's going to work for you over and over again for forever, right? Um, how do you go about posting, right? This is a question that I'm reading real quick. Uh, 20 posts a day. They're scheduling software out there, right? So you can, you can manually do it if you want to. Um, and I feel like the vast majority of people may not do it. Also letting you guys know, it, uh, as well is that um, if you hardly ever post on your account and then you immediately try to jump to doing 100 posts a, a day, that's a bad idea, right? Depending on what platform you are, they might call it shadow banning, they might call it spamming, whatever it is though, it's not going to work for you. Now, the algorithm does want you to provide a ton of content to it, but you do have to strategically add it, right? Because uh, it's not a person that says, okay, JT now is taking social media serious, so that's why he posting so much, right? Human to human, we can understand that. Algorithm to human, they might think that you're a bot, 
And what they don't want is bots to come ruin their platform. If you've been following me on Instagram for any amount of time, you guys know I'll make certain posts on Instagram and it'll be like 10 bots instantly underneath there trying to promote somebody else's uh, crypto training, mentorship, whatever, whatever, right? Uh, and that's something that they're going to have to fix if they're going to remain a major player in this game for any amount of time. But you don't want the algorithm to think that you're a bot. So if you are somebody that posts to social media whenever you feel like it, you never had any kind of schedule, any kind of routine, right? Maybe you start off posting three to four times a day, all right? If This is if you manually want to do it, and then we'll talk about if you don't want to manually want to do it. So you'll post to social media the times of day that people check their phones, right? It's not rocket science. Is while a lot of people think that they're unique, most people check their phones roughly around the same time. Not everybody does, but not everybody's going to follow you anyway, so it doesn't matter what everybody does. But most people check their phone when they get up. Those people that are into social media, the people that you're trying to reach anyway, right, they're going to check it when they wake up, see what they missed while they were sleeping. They're going to check it during their lunch break while they're just waiting the clock back in, and then they're going to check it in the evening, either when they're off work, relaxing, or doing whatever, right? So you can start off posting three times a day, and then you might up it to four, five, six, right? Now, this is the hard part. Hustle is always sold separately. The hustle is always sold separately. So me telling you how to grow, right, you got to post engaging content. Engaging means your audience wants to see it, all right? Maybe your audience and my audience aren't the same type of people. So you have to ask yourself, what value? It's always going to go back to that. What value are you providing? Not what value you're creating, right? What value are you providing? They should already have the end goal figured out. All you're doing is the middle. You're not the beginning. You're not the end. You are the space in the middle. Right. So you don't create the desire for the end goal. They already want it for whatever reason. You're the path. Right. So you don't create a desire for people to want to lose weight as their New Year's resolution. Right. You're not trying to convince them that the end goal should be to lose weight as a New Year's resolution. So you're not the beginning or the end. You're not trying to give them that desire and give them that end goal. All you are is the training program that will teach you if your New Year's resolution is to lose weight for the new year, that's all I am, right? It is way easier to sell somebody something that they already need or want for their own selfish purposes than to try to create a desire that they don't already have to have an end result that they don't already have, right? Now, when you don't know business, you don't know that. So you think that's what you have to do. And then you get frustrated when it doesn't work. And then you say, everybody can't do this. Business is a scam. It's not as easy as JT make it out to be. Don't believe JT. Well, guess what? Anything that can make you a lot of money can cost you a lot of money. And anything that you do wrong, you're going to fail at. Right? In the same breath, you'll hear a lot of people say, anything worth doing is worth doing wrong till you figure out how to do it right. We got to get out of this mentality that learning stops once you graduate. Right. Learning stops when you die is the mentality of a successful person. Learning stops when you die. Right. A worker bee. All right. 
somebody that's going to exchange their time for money, work stops when they clock out, learning stops when they graduate, right? This community is for men and women that want to go beyond that. Now, let's say you don't have the time or energy to want to do it manually, right? There's Buffer. That's a resource you could use. There's Hootsuite. That's a resource you can use. I recommend you just Google social media posting software. Look at the services that are out there. Look at the prices of those services and find something that is cost effective for your situation and that provides the value that you need out of that situation, right? Because um, somebody watching this may say, I have a $100 a month budget. Somebody might say, I got a $1,000 a month budget. Somebody might say, I ain't got no money. Right. So instead of me just saying, go use this, I will just tell you how to fish instead of giving you a fish. Uh, I hope that makes sense. I hope you guys understand that. Uh, shout out to somebody in the chat said the independent contractor courier book is a must have. Right. I believe so. Right. I believe so. It's helped thousands of people at this point start their independent courier business. And keyword being start, I don't take no credit for the amount of success that you'll have in the end. Um, I tell people, let me be the the floor, not the ceiling. So don't look at me and say, hey, listen, um, just because JT made $100,000, i am going to make 100000 No, look and say, if JT made 100000 I can make at least 100000 right? He one of the few people that's giving all the game, either in free social media content or in courses or in his conference or in his consultations, right? Just really depends on how you got to get it. But I tell people all the time, right, um, I'm not in the business of changing people's minds for all the reasons we already touched on in this episode, right? Nor should you be, right? Nor should you be. Um, boom, boom, boom. All right, see people asking about it as well. Again, the website is authorjt.com if you're interested, right? Author, just like a book, author, JT, like my initials, dot com. All right? I don't see a whole lot of other questions. I do appreciate everybody giving me your most valuable resource, which is your time. All right. Uh, what made you finally jump off the porch and become an entrepreneur is another great question that I see in the chat as well. And um, it was I decided that I didn't want to grow old and have regret. All right. I wish everybody that listens to this or is watching this longevity in life and success and whatever endeavor you so choose to be a part of. What's up, Swine? But I do understand that, Lord willing, we all going to get old one day, right? What's up? What's up? TV Shack. What is that? TV Shack. I don't know how to say the end part, but you know who you are, right? Um, But back to the point. So, um, Lord willing, we all grow old one day. Now, I'm 32 as I, I speak to you all here. At 92, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff I can't do, don't know how to do, don't want to do, that at 32, hey, let's go all in, right? Um, so I really want you all to understand that um, passive income or being an entrepreneur, taking control of your financial situation is something that sounds sexy when you're young. It's a necessity when you're old. I can't tell you how many times I get DMs and comments from older people saying, hey, I'm in my 60s, but I still am in good shape to work. I'm in my 70s. I think the oldest was somebody that was like 82 or 83 years old. And they said, man, I still go to work every day. I'm in good shape. Yeah, I'm up in age, but hey, ain't nobody going to give me nothing. I'm going to work for it, right? And, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for men and women that are in that situation. But the reality of the world that we live in is that, when you're working for a company, you're an asset until you're not, 
all right? When you're working as an employee for a company, right, you're an asset until you're not. So at 82 years old, the, the company is thinking about what is the remaining shelf life of this asset? So even though old man JT is excited, how much time we really going to get out of him? Now, we can get 82-year-old Mr. JT or we can get 22-year-old Mr. JT. Now, if we can get 22-year-old Mr. JT and keep him till he's 82, oh, that's a lick. But if we get 82 and he die in six months, not being funny, but, hey, like now we got to go find somebody else. And we got to incur the cost in, in soliciting, marketing, hiring, training, and putting somebody else here, right? So what's a bigger long-term play? Young man JT. That's the reality of the situation, right? Maybe old man JT don't have the, the same mental awareness, the same physical strength, the whatever traits we need. Let's go a little bit deeper. Uh, I know a lot of those men and women, and of course society will tell you, that men and women in that situation, they were drug addicts, they were they were drug dealers, they were in prison most of their life. But no, a lot of people don't know that their 401k is underperforming until it's almost time for them to retire. And then they look up and say, man, I've been working 20, 30 years. I know I got me about $6 million in my 401k plan, and they looking it's $140,000. Because they were contributing the minimum. And they were getting matched, you know, whatever the match was. But at the same time, their living expenses didn't allow them to contribute more because they were in low-income environment, middle-class environment, whatever the situation is, life happens to everybody. But you banked your retirement on an asset that you didn't look into until it was almost time to start liquidating it. Nobody told you that you're not supposed to live off of more than 4 to 6% of that asset every year. It's designed to last you 30 years from the day that you retire. You have no idea. If you got $100,000 in that account, how are you going to live off of four dollars to $6,000 a year? Even if you up it and say, I'm going to live off of ten dollars to $15,000 a year, which at that point, you're going to outlive your 401k plan and then find yourself in another hard financial situation. So the 401k plan... Um, wasn't designed for you to have money your entire life, right? Is depending on who you ask, but the consensus is 30 years if you live within these means. So we find a lot of people that come from our environments, not black people, not white people, not men. We're just talking about people that come from low-income environments. We'll find a lot of our people. Now you got to do your 401k plan plus Social Security Plus, try to jump on disability, right? See what else. Can you get some food stamps with that too, right? And now we become uh, dependent on the government. And for a lot of people, that leads them to a slight or major depression because you a hardworking man or woman. You get the best years of your life to corporate America, to the nine to five, to the grind, to the hustle. And now you went from being an independent man or woman to a mostly, if not completely dependent man or woman later on in your life. And you worried that you're not going to have enough money to make ends meet. And this is not what you imagine retirement to be. And you wonder why. Uh, life was unfair to you and nobody want to give you a chance. And that's why I hope this message reaches you and resonates with you sooner than later, that in life you got to be proactive, not reactive, right? Businesses are not trying to give you a great retirement. They're trying to give you the best offer to be able to leverage you as an asset 
for the longest amount of time. I'm going to say that again. Businesses are not trying to give you the best retirement. Why? The best retirement is expensive. Imagine your dream retirement, right? And a lot of y'all are completely unrealistic with your expectations because I, I be reading the DMs and be hearing how much money you want to make in a day, a week, a month. And unrealistic, not saying that you can't make large sums of money, but the amount of resources that you have, the amount of investment you're willing to do, the whether it's work time or whatever, right? That's what I mean by unrealistic. You can say you want to make $100,000 a month. I got friends that do that. But if you ain't got a $100,000 a month grind, you willing to put to it? I don't care if you say you want to make $10 a month. It's unrealistic to me. But going back to that point, though, anyway, right, think about how expensive it would be for any company to finance your dream vacation, the best retirement, right? I said vacation. I meant retirement. Excuse me. Uh, South Carolina education kicking in again, right? But your dream retirement, it's going to be expensive, Right. The compensation package and benefits package and retirement package is just trying to sell you on. Come work for us, not our competitors. So that way we can leverage you to get the greatest ROI. You're going to show up as a liability on their profit and loss statements. Right. When they do their books, employee payroll is seen as a liability, not an asset. Right. The, the dance of being a successful business is how do you take the liability of employee payroll and turn it into an asset by making your productivity bring in more revenue than what you cost me in your paycheck. And that's paycheck in your pocket. That's contribution to your 401k plan. That's benefits. That's everything combined. Right. So don't think that this company wants you to have a fantastic retirement in Hawaii. And if you don't believe me, ask anybody you know that's, that's retired and ask them, do you think that the company you worked for for X amount of years goal was to give you the greatest retirement ever? Right now, we all know some older people that are doing well. Maybe they retired from great jobs, the military, both, whatever it is. But understand that that man or woman had to at some point or another proactively decide that this is what I'm going to do. Right. I want to do this. I want to take the hard road now so that I can have the easy road later. So I'm going to make this investment in my time, my money, my whatever it is. So that way, when it is time to retire, I got real estate or I got this much money to come in off of my 401k plan. Or maybe they are blessed enough to be in an organization that has a pension or whatever the plan is. But don't get it twisted. Companies are never in the business saying that we want to hire you so that way 40 years from now you can have the best retirement you can dream of, right? Nah, I just want to give you the best package to make you pick us and not our competitors, right? Moving on, comments say, bro, you inspired me to dig deep in myself, turn my hustle up legitimately. Much love and appreciate, fam. Yeah, absolutely, man. I decided today... Um, and this is not me starting to write the book today, but I've decided that one book that I want to add to my portfolio um, eventually is that I want to write a book about stop hustling and start doing business. Now, in the beginning, all we knew and for many of us, all we know is hustling. 
Because that's what mama showed us. That's what grandmama, daddy, granddaddy, that's all they knew. We saw them rob Peter to pay Paul. We saw them do multiple jobs, live below their means, do whatever they got to do to keep the lights on, right? So we'll, we think that that's what it means. What's up, Chris? Right. Uh, so we think that's what it means to be successful. So then we go and say we're going to do something entrepreneurial, but we bring that that mentality from our upbringings and the people that were around us in our upbringings were not highly successful people. They did what they had to do to survive. So we're bringing survival instincts, survival strategy to an environment and then question why in the world we not thriving. Right. How in the world am I not thriving off of this? And we're not putting two and two together. Grandma did that to survive. Mama did that to survive. Right. This was never a thriving play. But since that's the only example we have of hustling that and whatever you may have been exposed to uh, in your environment. What's up, Martin? Right. That's all, you know. So that's how I left corporate America, and all I knew was what I learned in the Marine Corps, which to this day, those principles still help me make great decisions, right? Beyond that, I knew what I learned in corporate America. I was a hell of a manager, if I do say myself, as an assistant manager, as and then once they up me to a regular manager. For the people that's asking for the apps, I'm going to let you guys know the apps that I mentioned that I leveraged that have made me at least $3,500 this month. Um, I'll put them in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. And um, I'll put them in the link in my bio after this Instagram is done uh, for those people that are on Instagram. So you'll have access to them no matter if you're listening to this or if uh, you're watching this on Instagram. So just let you guys know that that, uh, that update will be made and I might just put a link to all of the resources that we named in here just for your convenience, right? But getting back to the point, I really want you all to, to understand the power of digital assets, right? The power of digital assets is real, and you guys can make life-changing money by leveraging those, right? Let me see where we left off with the questions, though. All right, I'm intentionally repetitive. All right, one, if you heard it already, I want to say it so much that you start believing it, all right? And then beyond that, for anybody that came into the room late, you never know where this might be the first time that you heard it, all right? But we have to get out of this mentality that we start hustling, we stay hustling, we die hustling. That's why I said a book that I want to add to my portfolio is Stop Hustling, Start Business. So in the beginning, right, in the beginning, I want you guys to understand that, hey, we going to do what we know how to do. I didn't know anything about business systems. I didn't know that a real business can make money without you being in it, right? I didn't know that if you're just self-employed or an owner-operator, that if you're not careful, you just got a glorified job. So you went from an environment where somebody was supporting you Right. A company is supporting you, but they already made the system. And as long as you do what you're told, they're going to cut you this check. And now you put yourself into an environment where now not only do you got to figure out what the play is, you got to do everything yourself. But see, that's what we thought business was. Right. We thought business was, well, I'm making more money, though. Right. I'm making more money. And no, I don't have any other accounts 
for the people that's asking that as well, right? So this is my only account. Don't give no money to anybody else with any other accounts, right? Um, so the message behind that book, if and when, well, I even want to say if and when, when, because I'm telling you now I'm going to do it. Uh, it's just not something that's on the top of my list, but I do know it's going to be something that's super valuable. I want you to know in the beginning you hustle because that's all you know. But you don't stay hustling, you don't die hustling. You learn, okay, well, this is a hustle. How do I turn my hustle into a business? So my first business that I came to as a hustler, I was working 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, if you're not making two to $3,000 a week right now, you will say, hey, look, I'll work 14 hours a day, seven days a week for two, $3,000 a week. No problem. But guess what? You'll do that for a while, then you're going to get burnt out, and then you're going to get tired, then you're going to say, well, I saved up a little bit of money. I wonder if I can invest into something else so that way I, I can have a weekend off, right? Shout out to Vegas. See you in here, uh, Miss Daya, all day, right? So when you're in a low-income environment, yeah, 100%, you'll do whatever, if somebody say you got to work 20 hours a day, if, as long as the money is is, is a, enough, you're going to jump on it, all right? But that's hustling. That's not business, and it's not sustainable, right? It, and that's what I have in some of my businesses. That's what I'm currently building in my media company, right? So with my Airbnb, I don't even have to think about them. That's, that's completely... On autopilot with my media house, um, we're working on negotiating deals and partnering on that now, right? With my media company also, I'm training up them VAs. Now, I enjoy media, so I never probably, right, I never will be completely out of media, all right? But on top of that, I also like to invest with my friends. So got a little money investing in real estate with my friends. Got a little money investing in the stock market because my friends educated me on it, Right? Other endeavors, right? I invested in wine. I invested in fine art. I invested in gold, right? All of these other things as well. But if it's outside of my zone of genius, if it's outside of my interest, I want that to be something that can run on autopilot, all right? Now, that doesn't mean that I never look at it because that's how, uh, with all due respect, you get Tony Braxton out here, right? So, And I love Tony Braxton as a singer, but that's the first person I thought of when I thought about not looking at your money, right? And I think she made her money back by now, all right? But I want you all to understand that you have a system, you manage that system, all right? And then the system works for you. You have to be proactive with it, not reactive. Like I told you guys, I am making training videos for the VAs. Already have a hiring process. After you make it through my hiring process, there's gonna be a training process. After you make it out of the training process, there's going to be a probationary period, and then you're officially on the team. Now, I have to create a hiring process first. Then I got to create a training process second, and then I have to figure out what makes sense as the standards to use to measure your adaptation and fit into our community before we can finalize the probationary period. But I have to do all of this before I hire the first person, because you can't scale chaos, all right? 
far too many times people will move too fast because they they just want to make money as fast as possible. And then you build something and then eventually the walls start to fall down because you built a house of cards, right? Let me jump around. Sawan is a beast. Yep. All right. Seeing somebody says Sawan is a beast. Sawan is a beast, right? So um, shout out to Sawan, right? Uh, at This Is Me Taking Action. For anybody out there that want to know more about real estate, for those of you that want to know more about stock investing, shout out to at CJack130. For those of you that want to learn more about uh, e-commerce, Amazon specifically, shout out to at Travis underscore GWV. All of those men will be the keynote speakers at the Foundations with the S on it of Wealth Conference. You can get tickets at thefoundationsofwealthconference.com. And you've been listening to the Income Autopilot Podcast, the show that teaches you to stop working and enjoy life while money works for you. And I hope you guys will subscribe to it and tune into the next episode.